Welcome to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubinstein. Conversations between Gavin and the people he believes have trailblazed by thinking outside the box in their field, industry, or even just in his office. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, the OG, the original gangster, one of the most important people, pillars, functions of not only myself personally, but also the business. This guy's been with me since inception. He was the first person I ever hired in in my business. He's still with me today. So don't believe the hype. It can't be that bad. Welcome, Jerome Srot. Thanks for having me, Gav. I'm very excited to be here today. It's been a long ride. It has. Now, why don't we start a a bit with kind of your your background, short summary of kind of where you've been, what you've been through and, and you know where you're at today. Yeah, look, in summary, you know, I was born in South Africa in Cape Town, went to high school, obviously, university, did a commerce degree. And immediately after that, hopped on a plane and came to Australia uh, with a suitcase in hand. You know, tried my hand at a few different things at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was a new city, new world, new opportunities, was finding my way. Mm-hmm. Fast forward about four or five years, found myself in real estate, got my first opportunity here in the city of Sydney doing leasing. So first opportunity in real estate, you started property management. I was like a leasing consultant. It's interesting how life comes full circle because, I mean, we'll talk about it at length later, but now you are head of director property management at TRG. That's right. Sorry to interrupt, continue. So yeah, I got my first gig there, earned my stripes uh, doing that. 18 months later, I got an opportunity to work for one of the directors at Ray White Double Bay. Michael Finger. Shout outs to where you came from. Got to respect him, man. That was a good office. Michael Finger was a good guy. That's he right. Developed and built up, you know, a lot of really good people. I remember meeting you. You were you were you were an assistant to him, his daughter Sam Finger, yeah. and Simon Cohen, who we all know now to That's be, right. you know, one of the best buyers agents so, in town. Yeah, my first gig was working in a team of four, really as a prospector, hitting the phones, cold calling, getting appraisals, getting indoors. And that was my first entry point to Eastern Suburbs real estate. Cool. I found out that I was quite effective in doing that. Sort of six months later, that's when you walked in the door. Mm-hmm. And that's where our friendship actually blossomed or started, I should say. So since it, the beginning? Since the beginning. Have I changed much? Not much at all. You're still the same guy deep inside. Still the same height, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You know, you always tell the story how we locked ourselves in a little call room. We called it the boiler room. True story. We used to make calls one-on-one, one-for-one, one-for-one. We used to play tennis. I call, you call. I yeah. call, you call. We had whoever, call sheets, print it out. Whoever gets an appraisal first, whoever gets the most amount of appraisals for the day was the champ. That's right. I was always the champ. And I guess you know, <laughs> that was kind of the first time I got an insight into your energy, actually. You right. know, because I, I kind of identified even back then that there was something pretty magical, magnetic about you. Appreciate that. You know, your energy on the phones and the way you interacted with people was quite something quite special that I hadn't sort of come across before. But yeah, that was sort of the, the beginning for me. I continued with Mike and his team mm-hmm. for sort of another 18 months, two years. Thought I'd spread my wings and go solo as a solo agent. Right. Um, which I did. And then that was 2008, GFC hit a few months later. That didn't go too well didn't for you. Didn't go too well for me. <laughs> what happened? Um, look, I just found I was just chasing my tail all the time. I yeah. wasn't really getting ahead. Paycheck to paycheck. Correct. Couldn't keep on top of the commission. Couldn't keep on top of the sales. Couldn't keep it consistent. Yeah. Consistency couldn't... wasn't there for me. Yep. Ended up taking a bit of a 12-month sabbatical out of real estate. Uh-huh. And kind of in that time where I was away, I reflected and realized what I was really good at and what I really enjoyed in the real estate space. Prospecting. 
I was a prospect. Uh, follow up. Follow up. Service. Yeah, all those things. You know, I wasn't necessarily the front line closer, but I realized that I had a lot of value to add in other areas. And that's when I reached out to you 10, 11 years ago now. You had not spread your wings. You were on your own as well. I could notice that you were getting listings and good listings and mm. your name was starting to be in the papers and, you know, houses in Rose Bay, Vaucluse, et cetera. Mm. I thought, wow, this guy's actually, he's actually doing it. Little fellow was starting to make yeah. some noise, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And um, you're starting to compete. <laughs> and so, but you're on your own. Yeah. You know? One man band. Yeah. And I came up to you and I said, Gav, listen, I've got an idea. You know, why don't I come and work for you, essentially? Mm. You know, let me focus on my strengths. Mm. Let me prospect for you. Let me help you out. Let me get you indoors. You know, I came up with a little sort of a structure where you pay me for, you know, an appraisal, if it was a yeah. listing. Because I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't afford a full-time yeah, salary that correct. Point. I correct. remember we discussed this on the, the terrace on that apartment in Advanced. That's right. If you want to go deep, <laughs> and we were both on the bones of our asses, right? <laughs> we were 100%. Yeah. Fact. Yeah, absolute fact. I not, remember, not too long ago. No, 10 years. Not too long ago. 10 years ago. You come on board as kind of a contractor, prospector. I'm going to get appraisals. I'm going to focus on my strengths. Mm. I take that on, uh, you know, as a no-brainer. And then essentially from there, just to, to give the, the summary version for the, for the viewers and the listeners, the business started to snowball so much to the point where you were spending so much time cleaning up my mess, mm. essentially, you know, the deal uh, decay or, <laughs> or, or the deal leftover yeah. that you didn't have enough time to prospect and to generate sure. business. And so- from there on, we started to build the the group and the team that today is, you know, the Rubenstein group. And, right. and we were together when we won the awards mm-hmm. and we, we held that pretty consistently for, you know, a seven-year period before going to principal category. And major part of that was you. You know, I reflect on those times and your support, your overall management, the value you added. I don't know that we would have had that consistency. I, I don't know that business for me would have been able to be at the levels it was without the support, you know, you gave me. So the the one section I want to I want to attack today, I want to talk about because you know you're a very observant guy and you've been around for a, for a very long time. Mm. High performance teams in in real estate, you know, to me this is not a it's not about being a one man band. It's not about being a one man show. I think today more than ever and even more evolving and becoming. This is about your team. But I think particularly like, you know, now opening the new office and having guys come in and running them through what our structure was Mm. when we were putting up enormous numbers at the time, you know, versus where their structures are at and our level of service and the sort of things we did. There's just such a gap and there's such disparity. It has become clearer as to why the gap in the numbers is such. What does a high performance team look like to you? Like what were the things we did really, really well you know, that helped us mm. service as many clients as we did and in the way that we did. Definitely knowing your role. Right. There's only one captain of the ship. Yep. And if you can find your role where you can fit in and play your part effectively, mm-hmm. I think you'll end up staying there for a long time. That's number one. Right. Look, I think a lot of agents come in with ability, mm-hmm. but no consistency, no structure, yep. no motivation, mm. no leadership. Mm. Young guys come into offices you know, not a lot of education necessarily think that it's an easy business yeah. to succeed. Mm-hmm. They hit the phones for a couple of months, you know, they get in a, into a few doors, mm. they get, you know, a bit cocky, mm. big egos, mm. think life's good. Sure. But they blink and before they know it, you know, they're scrambling for a listing under pressure mm. to pay bills mm. and six months pass, 12 months pass and they've left. They've gone to another office or 
they're out of the industry. Right. And what we provided at the time was we, we, were, we were like an army unit. Well, tell me, well, what you know, was your you role? You called Let's, me the general, right? You were, the, you were the general. You still are the general. But what was, and, and that's true. <laughs> we we <laughs> ran a military operation. Everyone, I mean, everyone the, the, work ethic, the work ethic was always there. Yeah. You always led by example. Right. You know, first in in the morning, last to leave, productive time. What was your role? Let's break it down. I want to break down our team at the time, your role, their role. I was sort of like the conduit between you, mm-hmm. the vendor, yep. the buyer, and the team. I gave you the capacity to really hone in and focus on listing and selling. Talk to me about the service. Talk about the things that can go wrong. Talk to me about the things you would do after I would say, for example, sign the agency. Gav, as an example, I mean, you'd see a property this afternoon. You'd call me straight away after the appointment in the cart. Give me the vendor's details. And I'd call him immediately within minutes. Within minutes. Why? Because you're always about creating urgency and and delivering a service. Right. So number one. Uber fucked us all. It did, because people's every, expectations are now, 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 now. So everybody listening, you need to understand one thing. Since the dawn of Uber, client expectation has mm. gone through the roof. And people today, they want they want answers quick Correct. and they want answers now. So not many people, thankfully, across the service industry, not just real estate, yeah. in Australia provide that sort of service. So it would stand out. Definitely stand out. We had a five-star level of service at all times. I would certainly engage the vendor straight away, yep. immediately, go see the house immediately, yep. get an understanding of what needed to be done to prepare the house, to present it in its best light. Preparation and presentation, some of the most important things, right? So for me, to give me the ability to do my job to the best of my ability, I needed to make sure that the house looked as good as possible. What would be a typical kind of list? Yeah, look, pa- painting, gardening, some handyman work, could be a pool fence. Uh, styling was a very important piece. Right. Uh, various cleaning, outdoor, indoor cleaning areas. Right. Um, sometimes we uh, help pack and store furniture. We did it all. We did it all. I mean, I had a Rolodex of uh, <laughs> tradies at my fingertips. You were a full-time project manager. I was a full-time project manager among many things. And the way you managed all the tradespeople and got them to perform and get the house prepped for the timeline because every property I would list, I would want it on the market yesterday. Oh, yeah, listen, we would turn houses in five, six days. Right. By the time the house was ready, the vendor had already had an expectation of, shit, the TRG is their weapons. This is a, this is a, an operation. It's go time. And then you'd come in, you know, open homes, start the sale process, and then my role would change to now, you know, managing the team, managing the open homes, making sure that went very smoothly. Yeah. As in the papers, signboards, the logistics of open homes, yeah. being there on time, 15 minutes early, getting the house set up. Yeah. That's one property. But in, in a typical cycle, we'd have 15 to 20 properties listed at any one time. Yeah. You know, sales managing 15 yeah. to 20 at any one time. And then, you know, game day, Saturday, 15, 20 opens, logistically, you know, for Gavin to get around from A to Z and, and to be at every open home was was a challenge. And that was also part of uh, my role and getting the team uh, to be responsive and be there on time. What happened when the contracts exchanged? So at that point, again, you would now hand over the baton to me. Because I was on to the next. Yeah, correct. So, you know, but then between exchange and settlement, it's important, six weeks. Important period. Sometimes three months. Very important. It can be a prickly period of time. What can you know? go wrong like in that? 
look, you know, buyers want to have 10 inspections with it's architects emotional, it's emotional. and, you know, vendors are attached to their home, don't want to provide the access. This broke, that broke, you know, valuer needs to come through. There's valuers, there's issues with covenants and uh, <laughs> right of ways and it can be prickly. So you ran all of that. Definitely. And, and, and if the property didn't settle smoothly on time, whose ass was on My the My ass was grass. 100%. But you know what? Touchwood never had a problem. We had major screaming matches. You don't remember. You remember the good times. But, you know, these sorts of standards, you know, have created essentially a really good skill set mm. in you today, which you use in, in the business now that we're, we're partners in. You know, you did it so, so well. On top of that, you know, the big value I remember you used to add was open for inspections logistics. Mm. Like you have anywhere 10, 15, 20, however many opens you've got in all different areas. Time is very, very important. You know, you, you need to plan that accordingly to make sure you can do it very efficiently. And then even more so, I remember you were kind of like an internal real estate trainer as the team started to build mm. because I was so busy, you know, treading water at my end. It was really up to you every time we onboarded someone new to teach them TRG way and train them up. Well, I did teach them the Gavin Rubenstein way to start off with. And I remember with Oliver and Kai at the beginning. What was Ollie's role? Was a cold caller. He was a prospector. Like yeah. you and I were back in the day. Glorified telemarketer. Glorified. And I remember giving him some tips for the trade. I used to give I him tips some all great the lines time. to use, and he still uses them today. <laughs> all the boys use my lines today. Yeah. Um, so Ollie was a prospector. And then Ollie he, was a prospector. And then and then he became kind of more involved in the sales process. Always knew his role too. Correct. I mean, if he got a listing off the back of his calls, he would he'd be on the listing with you, obviously. Mm. But, you know, his skill set definitely honed and changed over time. For sure. When he joined us, he was wet behind the ears, for sure. Yeah, we all and were. All of us. So part of my role was to, as you say, mold him into the TRG standard, standard yeah. you know. And then Remy. Remy as well. You're quite a particular person. Right. You like things done in a particular way. Am I? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So I had the benefit of time with you and got an understanding of the inner mechanisms of Gavin Rubenstein. Right. So, you know, I had the opportunity to to share that with people like Remy, yeah, you, who, who manage your life day to day. Yeah, and you 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 really did. Like you you played a major role in training them because we knew each other. So I mean, we had such an unspoken language, and like, mm. I repeat, I didn't have the time and all the patience really. So you were a big help. Then we got Kai. What was his role? Again, Kai had been in the business with various other agents for a few years. He joined our team, also very wet, very scattered. Undisciplined, undisciplined, no structure, just winging it from day to day. I remember the first weekend Kai was working with us, he got a, in a punch up in the club <laughs> with one of my clients. And they called me on a Sunday and they were like, is this guy work for you? And I could not believe it. I ended up linking up with him and just saying, listen, you're, 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 you're working in a whole different environment now. Mm. Like I'm happy to, to guide you through it. Understand you've just started, but this sort of shit can't happen. You remember that? Absolutely. Guys like Kai and Ollie, uh, what they were then and now, like night and day. Yeah. But this is the point you're trying to make. I mean, and as our office and team has grown, we've, you know, had various other people join us. Yeah. And slowly but surely, their skill set, their discipline, their practice mm. has really evolved, you know. And that's tremendously. Tremendously. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's a reflection of you because you're always leading from the top. Appreciate it. And it filters down. You know, the young guys see how guys like now Ollie perform and, and Kai, mm. and they want to replicate their styles. And it's, it's a TRG standard, effectively. A hundred percent. And what I have noticed is some of the younger guys particularly, because none of the core core team have left, but if I look at the turnover of any of the guys, 
who have come in and out of the office, whether, you know, irrespective of who, whose team they are working on, mm. the common denominator between all of them is they ain't performing. Every single one, if you think about it. Absolutely. Uh, every single one of them. That is the common denominator with them or they just are not, you know, hitting home runs constantly. So Performance sport, this game of real estate. 100%. So overall, that was kind of knowing your role. What else? High performance team. What did we do? You know, what, what helped set us apart from the rest? What helped us in markets that were not, you know, booming like mm. they are today, do these astronomical numbers, you know, and maintain that? I think consistency is a word that really stands out. We kept pushing and pushing and pushing. Right. You know, we turned up to work every day. I mean, I remember the story of the Ray White Awards, you know, that first time you got uh, number one. Mm. You know, it was a big party that night. It was a Wednesday night. <laughs> but we were the first in the office the next day at eight o'clock in the morning. Right. The rest of the office rolled in at nine, ten, hung over. Like yeah, I wanted those to sorts of examples where you never took your foot off the gas for one day. Yeah. Never. You know, and um, you're always about progression, mm. always wanting to do better, mm. never relying on what you did yesterday or the week before, mm. and always having a vision for yourself and, and the greater team. I think everyone was drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, everyone had bought into the dream. And the dream is so, so far from achieved. And I think it's part of what is helping us now, I think. No question. But, you know, it was it was fun too, wasn't it? We had a lot of fun times, Gav. The best is yet to come. So know your role, right? Always keep pushing. Never get complacent. Progression is key. Have fun along the way and high level of service. Look, I think service is a big, big piece. Even though we're in the real estate industry, we, we're sort of in the hospitality industry. It's all service. You know, we're concierge. We're yes, sir, no, sir. Correct. You know, the client is always right. You know, we had to do a job and provide a service. We're a service-based industry. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah, too many agents get cocky, right? Very they cocky. They get to a certain level. You know, agents won't pick up the phone no. when people call. No. You know, couldn't be bothered getting back to people. I mean, a buyer sends an email inquiry and some agents will take a day to respond. It was half an hour maximum they you had to get back to people. They lose sense of that point. And I think that's, you know, a great point is, you know, what makes a high performance team is never forgetting that we're providing a service. Our service is to the vendor. They're paying you a, Big a large fee. Big fee. You've got to make this process very, very enjoyable, smooth. You know, we always used to say, you appoint us, you don't need to worry about anything. Mm. You just say yes or no to the quotes to prep the home. And then after that, it's yes or no to the offers. We'll take care of absolutely everything else. You want us to be a gardener, we'll mm. be a gardener. You want us to be a chef, we'll, we'll bake fresh cookies. Now, whatever you, you want us to be your mailman, I'll, we'll pick up your mail. We did everything. It's true because, uh, you know, for the time that we were together, like that was just the way business was done. Now that I've sort of in the property management side of things and seeing other agents from the sidelines, I'm shocked to know that so few agents actually provide that service. And that's a beautiful point. Property management, you are now the director of property management. You're a one-man band. In 18 mm. months, Yeah, you built a rent roll to what level? 140. 140 properties. Yeah. Very good. And I think the big thing that stands out about you and your big point of difference in that space, because I think it's that space is just ready to be uberfied. It's and just, service once again. It's just service. And communication. Tell me the story mm. about the squirrel in the roof in Sati Road. Because <laughs> I want everyone to I want everyone to actually understand this man's level of service. And you know, not only did you provide a level of service to every one of my clients for 10 years, mm. but mate, you provided a level of service to me that made it a pleasure. What happened with that? First problem? it was a possum, not a squirrel. All right, whatever. <laughs> Anyhow, so I had tenants move into a house and uh, a month later they called me up. They go, Jerome, there's this terrible smell coming from the main bedroom and we just can't work out what it is. 
And I'm like, okay, send a pest guy, can't find anything. But the smell was getting worse and worse. Anyway, when I went over there, it smelled like a dead body. Like it was disgusting. Put my nose to the ceiling and, and uh, <laughs> turns out, because there was a little bit of a hole in the cavity on the external wall, there was a dead animal or something was sitting in the ceiling. In the roof. In the roof. Rotting. Rotting. Shit. Anyway, I got, I got someone in there and we just, you know, cut out the ceiling and lo and behold, there was this decaying, rotting yeah. possum. The smell was, ah, uh, I'll never forget it. Nevertheless, I mean, my job was to remove the bloody thing, right? <laughs> so me and my handyman, we literally got this dead possum out, buried it in the backyard. I remember and seeing a photo of you with like a shirt off and like it a was stick. the middle of summer. It was actually like a stick February. in the roof. Like you physically got that thing. It was hot in there. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get it out of the, the roof? The funny thing is the tenants had moved out for a few days <laughs> and then they just decided to come home pick up a few things and I was there in the bedroom with my shirt off. And so what, what, <laughs> So you used what, like a pool cleaner to get that thing out of? Yeah, something like that. Oh my God. So that's just one example, you know, just you, you got to do whatever it takes and that's kind of the attitude I've always had. That was our attitude. Whatever, whatever it fucking Still takes, you got to do it. Still you got to do attitude. it. It doesn't matter how hard, what time of day, where you are, like that is it. Like you just got to turn up and solve the problem. 100%. Nothing else matters. 100%. So that's, that's so, the kind of attitude that I've taken into the property management business. And what I was going to say is, look, anyone looking to to lease their property out, they just need to hear that one snippet. That, <laughs> just one, that one little story right there is going to get you a lot of business. I want to make sure we cut this out and, and start to promote it across the board. For sure. But as we start to wrap up, what's your fondest memory of us? Because there's, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's been a lot, man. But if you were to put it down to, to one, I don't want to put you on the spot. I mean, we never premeditated. No, look, I mean, if you want to talk about a memory of, as I said before, skin of our asses, I'll never forget that day. You know, when we first started out, you called me up. You go, Jerome, bro, you were on the way to an appraisal in Rose Bay on Dover, Dover Road. Shit. And he, it was, I don't know, the point was at 2.30. It was like quarter past two. You go, Jerome, I've run out of petrol. I'm stuck on Dover Road. I remember. Help. <laughs> you got the jerry can. I ran, I ran in the car, went to the petrol station, got the jerry can of gas, came up to you. Filled your car with, I don't know, five liters of petrol and you raced off to the appraiser. I think you made it on time. It's a true story, That's man. It's a true story. You know, I would just, at the time, prioritize, mm. and sometimes in the wrong places, <laughs> but still prioritize, where does this this money go? Yeah, you absolutely. Know, at the very beginning. But uh, a lot of fun memories. Your 30th in Vegas definitely is a standout memory. Hell yeah. <laughs> One piece of advice for anybody who is in the industry mm. or looking to get into the industry um, that you think- Will, will be very valuable to them. Obviously, find an opportunity in an environment that you think you can put, succeed in to yep. start off with. Yep. And when you get in there, you know, you've got to put your ego aside. It's a mm -hmm. big piece. You know, why we worked so well together is, you know, as I said, you were the front man. I, I never had a big ego. I didn't want to be number one. I didn't want to be the, the go-to guy. You know, I was happy to fill my role, yep. play the long game. You yep. know, I identified that you were going places yeah. Right. Yeah. And I was happy to be a part of that mm. and grow in that role and, and grow together. Don't necessarily be too gung ho yeah. at the start, you know? Too many people. Be humble. Yeah. Be humble. Put in the hard yards, put in the hard work. Long game shit. Learn from other people. Don't come in there thinking you, 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 you should only learn, you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember, I don't know if you did, first year you worked with me, what I mm. pay you. Uh, it was something like, 20 grand or yeah, something. It was, it was really it, low. It was just over the 20s. All I can say is that pay then was very different 
to your last payment. That's for sure. Working with me. 100%. Brother, I appreciate your time. Thanks, Gav. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubenstein. Subscribe now for future episodes.